And I'm starting a, a, a new series today called Battle Ready. Battle Ready, equipped for spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. Is, is everybody here familiar with spiritual warfare? And, and there's some, some that may not be. Uh, I know for some in here this morning, the fact that I said spiritual warfare may be just a little, may be a little offsetting to you this morning. You may think spiritual warfare, that just sounds weird. Uh, that's, that sounds a little too weird. That sounds a little too, like, crazy for me. That sounds a little too sci-fi for me. Um, but the fact that, that there are two worlds that exist, there's, there's the natural world, there's the, 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 the earthly world that we're familiar with, that we know of, but there's also another world. There is a spiritual world, a spiritual world, a supernatural world. And the reality that we all must face is the fact that these two worlds collide. These two worlds are intersecting with each other. And you may be here this morning and say, spiritual warfare, spiritual world. That, I, I don't know if I believe that or not. Well, the fact that you don't believe it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. And it's something that we need to be made aware of because some of us have been fighting battles with what we're familiar with, not knowing that some of the battles we've been fighting have been spiritual. And we have been fighting them correctly. And so this series is meant to, to, to bring an awareness to spiritual warfare. Now, I don't want that to scare anybody. I don't want that to put people off this morning. But I do want you to consider some things. Uh, fairly recently, uh, I, I, I caught myself uh, going back and re-watching uh, the Dallas Mavericks 2011 championship run. Anybody remember that year, 2011? You remember that, right? You remember how great that was? Man, Dallas Mavericks, world champions. That was a, a great, some, some, my wife doesn't really care. She's just looking at me like, some may not care in here. But, but 2011, I, I found myself recently re-watching all the highlights of that championship run. And as I'm watching these highlights, I found myself reliving those moments as if, I, as if I'd never seen it before. And so I'm, I'm, I'm watching the highlights and I'm watching the games as they're going through their playoff run and they're the opposing teams. I, I watched them go through the, the Lakers. I, you know, I, I watched them go through the Thunder. I watched them. And then they, and then they, they have the Miami Heat, right? And so we, we see the Miami Heat and we're watching uh, this series happen. And I'm reliving it like, like I don't know what's going to happen. So like... Every time they show highlights of, of the Miami Heat dominating the Mavs, I find myself getting nervous. And every time it, we, we see these highlight reels of, of the teams uh, uh, dominating the Mavs, I'm, I'm getting nervous. I'm getting a little anxious. I'm getting like, man, what's going to happen? Man, don't you dare foul Dirk like that. Man, don't you dare. Like, and, and, and so I'm, I'm, I'm remembering the moment when I was watching these games, and I remembered all the emotions and all the things that were happening. But it's interesting to me that I was reliving the moment, like I'm seeing it for the first time, yet I already know the outcome. I already know the Dallas Mavericks will become the 2011 world champions. I know that already. 
I know they're going to defeat the Heat in this series. I, I know that already, but yet as I'm watching the highlight of this series, I find myself getting worked up again as if something bad is going to happen. Like, oh, no. But yet I already know the outcome. And I shared that example with you because I think it's very parallel to spiritual warfare. I think we can hear terminology like spiritual warfare, and, and for some in here, that may sound like, like a scary thing. For some of us in here who may know what spiritual warfare is, you, you may have been battling through some spiritual warfare in your time with Jesus. You may have been battling in some spiritual warfare in your life. And, and, and though you may be walking and running through life and you may be dealing with some spiritual warfare, you may have some bumps, you may have some bruises, you may have even experienced some losses. The reality is we know the outcome. The outcome is we've already have victory. The outcome is we already know Jesus has claimed victory for us. We, we know that already. We know how it's all going to end. But yet it's hard to think about that when we're right in the thick of it. It's hard to think about that when we're right in the darkness, when we're right in these dark seasons, when we're right in the midst of the battle. And so we're going to talk about spiritual warfare over the next few weeks. And I want it just to bring some awareness to us as to what that is and are we fighting the right way? Why do I keep losing? Why doesn't it seem that I, that I can get ahead? Why, why can't I shake this off? Why can't I, can I, can I win in this battle? And we're going to talk about that over the next few weeks. But if you have your Bible this morning, go with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. We will begin reading at verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. When you're there, say, I've got it. If you're not there, say, hold up. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. If you don't have a Bible, you can follow along on the screen. Ephesians 6, verse 10 says this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. Paul is writing this letter to this church, and he's right out the gate when it comes to spiritual warfare. The first thing that he says, he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So what he's saying is this is not a fight you can win on your own. This is not a fight that you can fight in your own strength. But the reality is we're trying to win this battle in our own strength. 
We're trying to fight this fight with weapons we're familiar with. We're, we're trying to win this fight with what we think is the right way to deal with this. But he says, man, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. That's where it all begins. Be in God. Be in God. And then he says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. He's saying our, our fight is not against other people. Our struggle is not against that person that cut us off on the road. Our, our, our fight is not against the Republicans. Our fight is not against the Democrats. Our fight is not against the homosexual community. Our fight is not against people, the people we see. It's not against flesh and blood. But what? It is against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. He's talking about a spiritual world, this unseen world that we just cannot see, this unseen battle that is happening that, that, that we can't even fathom. He says your fight is not against flesh and blood. It's not against your neighbor. And some of us, that, that's a revelation for you this morning because you've been fighting something. You can't seem to figure out why you can't win because you've been trying to fight fleshly battles. When the scriptures tell us, no, it, 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 it's beyond the flesh. It's beyond what you can see. There is, there is, there is supernatural. There are dark forces against us. Verse 11, he says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And so the first thing we need to realize this morning is this. Whether you believe it or know it or not, the devil is real. The devil is real. One of the greatest weapons that the devil has against us is to get us to believe he doesn't exist. Or to get us to believe a false view or image of who he is. Like we think, well, I don't think the devil is real because I've never seen the person with the horns. I've never seen the pointy tail. I've never seen the pitchfork. I've never seen, like I ain't never seen that before. So I, I don't think the devil's real, but the devil's very real. In fact, the Bible's very clear to us that he, 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 he appears or comes to us as an angel of light, meaning there is an appeal to how the devil can look. There is an allure to how the devil can look. So, so he's very crafty. He's very tricky. And, and, and Ephesians 6 told us, man, so that we can avoid or watch out for what? The devil's schemes. The devil is real. And the devil at one time was an angel of the Lord, the Bible says. An angel of the Lord, created by God, serving God. But one day, one day, this angel of the Lord, Lucifer, Wanted to be like God. Pride crept in, sin crept in, and he wanted to be like God. He wanted his throne. And so what happens? God's not having it. God's like, you can't have this throne. You can't be in my vicinity acting and talking like that. And so what happened? God kicked him out of heaven. God kicked him along with a third of the angels 
these fallen angels, the devil and his demons, he kicked them out of heaven. In fact, I'm going to read something to you. Revelations chapter 12, verse 7. Revelations 12, verse 7 says, Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole, whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth, and his angels with him. Right? So, so now we get an understanding of, of, of where the devil comes from. We get an understanding that, 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 that who the devil was and where he came from and the fact that he was kicked out of heaven. In fact, Jesus himself, Luke chapter 10, verse 18, he goes, and I said to them, man, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Jesus himself was there. Jesus was present. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I saw him fall like lightning. Kicked out of heaven, I seen him. See, so if you ever wonder where the devil came from, just read the text. The devil is real. He's very real. He's a real enemy. In fact, the word Satan simply means the adversary. He's your adversary. He's my adversary. He's, he's God's adversary. The devil is real. And another truth and another reality we all must face and come to the realization of not only is the devil real, but the devil is at war with us. He's at war with us. If he came against God and he realized that he has, he has no weight against God, he has no, no chance against fighting God, well, he's going to come get the next best thing. He's coming after us. And his way of getting back at God is to get to us. Because the Bible says that we were made in his image, meaning in Christ we, we, we look like our father. And so when the devil sees you, he sees God, and that just irritates him so much. And so now he is at war with us. He hates you. He hates you. He hates me. 1 Peter 2.11, dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war, right? Which wage war against your soul. 1 Peter 5.8, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, lion looking for someone to devour. He wants to destroy you. He does not want to see you walk in the plan and purpose that God has for your life. He's at war with you. He exists, and his only MO and his only goal and his only reason for living is to see you destroyed. I don't know if you can ever imagine having somebody hate you so much. Like, you've, you've probably had, have you ever had somebody hate you? Okay, multiply that times a million. That's how much the devil hates you. That's how much he hates you. That's how much and how bad he is at war with you. 
He hates you. But the reality is, though the devil exists and though he's at war with you, another thing we got to come to grips with is the devil has power. He's got power if you let him. If you let him. See, I, I don't want you just to think for a moment that, wow, well, I mean, the devil's powerless. He, he, you know, he's just a dumb, dumb being. He just, man, he, he can't get to me. He can't do any of that stuff. Oh, oh he's gotten to some of you before. Oh, he, he's made his way in. He's, he's gotten in, but he only has power when we allow him to have power. He only has power when we allow him to have power. Ephesians 4.26 says, uh, 26.27 says, do not give the devil a foothold, right? Do not give him a foothold. Some of you give him a whole leg. Do not give him a foothold. Do not, do not give him access. But some of us have given him access. And it's because of that access that makes him powerful. He has power. The devil and his demons, they, they've got power. They've got influence. All of the evil that you see on the earth today is based off demonic influence. The devil doesn't have to possess anybody. All he has to do is influence. If we give him access. If we give him power. Now let me, let me just kind of take a rabbit trail here for a moment. Uh, not everything bad that happens to you is because of the devil. <laughs> I got to preface that. Like, the fact that your car broke down on you on your way to church this morning doesn't mean it was the devil. You just forgot to change your oil. The fact you ran out of gas on the freeway got nothing to do with the devil. You just did not fill up when you needed to. The fact that sometimes your bank account looks as low as it does. The, okay, that's the devil. <laughs> Not everything is, is, is because of the devil. Right? Like, like, don't give him that much credit. Some of the stuff you brought on yourself. But, but, but it doesn't negate the fact that the devil does have power if we give him access to he says, do not even give the devil a foothold. Man, don't even allow him. But see, the reality is, for some of us in here today, some of us have given the devil access. Some of us have allowed the devil to have access into our homes. Some of us have allowed the devil to have access into our families. We've allowed the devil to have access into our marriages. We've given him power. We've allowed him to come in. And so my question to you today is, where had you given the devil access? Where have you allowed him to come in? Because 
If you open the door for him and you allow him in, he, oh, he's going to come in. He's going to come in. He's going to bully you. He's going to push you. He's going to do whatever he can to bring harm to you. He's going to do whatever he can to destroy your marriage. He's going to do whatever he can to destroy your family. He's going to do whatever he can to make sure that you don't walk in the purposes and plans that God has for you because he hates you. Where have you given him access? I mean, we're talking about spiritual warfare, so let's talk about it, right? Where have we let him in? Where does the devil reign in our lives? Well, no, the devil doesn't reign because, man, I'm a born-again believer. I'm a Christian. I follow Jesus. But you left the window cracked. You didn't lock your doors. And Satan, the thief, Satan, the liar, Satan, your adversary, has crept in. And now he has this power. So he does exist, man, and he hates you, and he's at war with you, and he does have power if you allow him to. He does. That's the reality of your enemy. Know your enemy. Don't be naive about your enemy. Don't be naive at the fact of who the devil is. Don't be naive at the fact that he doesn't, the devil doesn't quite look the way you, you picture him to look. Don't be naive at the fact that there weren't some, there weren't some doors or weren't some windows that were cracked that we ourselves allowed the devil to come in and do some work and do some damage. Don't be naive at that fact, but recognize and identify there is a spiritual battle going on. And you have an enemy that hates you. Well, no, nobody hates me. No, Chris, I'm likable. People like me. People like me. All the while, you're on the devil's hit list. So the devil exists. The devil is real. The devil is at war with us. The devil has power if you allow him to. But, but, but I don't want that to startle you. I don't want that to, to discourage you because the reality of all of that is, is that the devil is still subject to God. He's still subject to God, even if you've given him access. The devil is still subject to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. The devil is still subject to God. 1 John 4, 4, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Did you catch that? The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to. You get excited for that. I'll amen myself. Here we go. Amen. Amen, Chris. Like if that doesn't excite you and that doesn't move you, then you're already a lost cause. Because, man, the fact that the devil is subject to God 
regardless of the bumps and bruises and scratches and even losses that I've experienced, it doesn't mean that the devil is not subject to the Lord of all lords. He's subject to God. He's subject to him, but you may ask the question, well, well, why am I still going through all that I'm going through? Why am I still fighting? Why am I still battling the way that I am? What This whole spiritual warfare thing, I'm not quite understanding it. Why, why, did, why is this still happening to me? Why am I still suffering and going through the loss that I'm going through? But the fact that he is subject to God should bring you some peace, should bring you some hope this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. See, some of us have been waging war like the world does. We've been fighting as the world does. But the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We don't fight with the same weapons the world does. We don't fight with the same strategies the world gives. See, and that's our problem. The reason why we can't seem to get ahead, the reason why we we're wondering why we're still fighting the way that we are is because we're looking at the world's strategy. We're looking at how the world fights. We're looking at how the world handles problems and how the world handles situations. We think, well, well, I can do that. I can manage that. I know how to do all that. But that's not going to win you any spiritual battles. We don't fight as the world does. We don't use the same weapons as the world does. In fact, on the contrary, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. They have power. Not just power, but divine power. Godly power to demolish strongholds. Anything the enemy, Satan, has built up in your life, in your thought life, in your family, the weapons that God gives you, the weapons that he, 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 he allows you to have access to, has the power to destroy those strongholds. See, and some of you are right now in the middle of a stronghold. And it's important for you to wield the weapons that God provides. So what do we fight with? What do we have to fight with as believers, as, as, as Jesus followers? What do, what do we fight with? What is, how do we step into a spiritual warfare battle equipped? How do we get equipped for all this? Well, the first thing you need to know is this, man, we have Jesus. We have Jesus. It's because of Jesus we have victory. It's because of Jesus we know how it's all going to end. We have Jesus, Romans 10, 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, what? Will be saved. Will be saved. If you've called on the name of the Lord for your salvation, you will be saved. 
If you are a Christ follower and you've stepped into a relationship with Jesus, you've asked the Lord to forgive you of your sins, you've repented of your sins, and you see Jesus as Lord of your life, you've already won. Your eternity is secure. You could take my life on this earth, and I still win. I still win. I, I, I remember, um, and this has happened with numerous family members who've, who've since gone on to be with the Lord. And on a few of those occasions, I've, I've had opportunity to, to be there when they go on to be with the Lord, when they, when they pass away from this life into the life and eternity with Jesus. And, 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 and though the moment is, is, is sad, and though the moment, there's a time of mourning, and, 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 and it's not always a pleasant environment at the time. I, I'm often reminded at the fact, and, and, I, and I hope that we think about this as we journey through life together, but the fact that whether we receive healing on this side of heaven or not, for those of us in Christ Jesus, it's a win-win, right? Like, Lord, you could heal this person right now miraculously, and you would get the glory. Or, Lord, you could just say, hey, you know what? I'm going to heal this person, but not not right here. They're going to receive eternal healing on the other side. Either way, it's a win-win. Either way, it's a win-win. And, and, and those moments are hard. Why? Because the enemy would love nothing better than to have you afraid of death. He wants you afraid of death. A pastor friend of mine one time was, was uh, at home, and he, he said, I, I remember I was I, was, I went to the restroom, and he says, and I saw blood in my urine. He says, and at that moment, he said, man, it felt like everything, like I got super scared. He said, oh my gosh, this isn't right. Something's wrong. He goes, and I became afraid. He goes, and then just a few seconds later, he said, I felt like the Holy Spirit prompted me on the inside. He goes, and I told the devil, devil, are you really going to threaten me with death? Because either way, I win. Either way, I win. Whether you heal me right now or whether you take me to be with you, man, I win. And to be with you is far better anyway. We've already won. Why? Because we got Jesus. Jesus secures us. Jesus holds us. We've got Jesus. That's why I don't want us to be afraid of spiritual warfare. I don't want us to be afraid of the enemy, the devil. I don't want us to be afraid of him. But I want us to acknowledge the fact that, yo, he, he, he does exist. He, he is alive, and he's, he's at work in the lives of many people on this earth. But I also want to put him on notice that we are very aware of what he's doing. We're very aware of the people he's influencing. We're very aware of all that he's got going on in our country and around the world. We, we serve notice on him today. And some of you this morning need to serve notice on the devil. 
I serve notice on you, devil, for what you're trying to do to my marriage. I serve notice on you, devil, for what you're trying to do in my family. I serve notice on you, devil, for what you're trying to, how you're trying to bring fear in my life because of my health. I serve notice on you. I see you. I see you. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be. Because we got Jesus. What else do we have to fight with? Well, we have the Word of God. How will we know all this had it not been for the Word of God? Hebrews 4.12, for the Word of God is alive and it is active. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The Word of God is a weapon. It is an offensive weapon. It is a sword. It's part, of, uh, it's part of the full armor of God, which we're going to get in throughout the course of the next few weeks. Because, see, I want you to be equipped. I don't want you to go into a gun battle with a knife. I want you to be equipped. We've got Jesus. We've got the Word of God. We have the armor of God. God. Ephesians 6, 13, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with, with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil, evil one. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, what? Which is the word of God. He has equipped you. He has armed you. But do you know how to use your armor? Do you know how to use your weapon? Do you know how to fight in the Spirit? And that's my hope for the next few weeks, is that, I would, that, that, that the, we would allow the Word of God to equip us with how to fight in spiritual warfare, with how to fight. We have the Bible. Many, all of us, we may have a Bible. We may have the Word of God, but do we know how to use it right? Do we know how, if we're using it correctly? We, we, we have the armor of God, but do we know what it really serves and what purpose it serves in our lives? And my hope is that you would be better equipped and, and knowledgeable about the fact that God has not left you empty-handed, but He has left you with everything you need to live this life. That's how good he is. He doesn't just leave us to fend for ourselves. He doesn't just leave us to figure it out on our own. But he says, I've, I've got you. I've, I've equipped you. And the battle's already won. All the attacks you are receiving now is because the devil's mad at you. I don't know about you, but I want the devil mad at me. I don't want him comfortable with me. But for some, the devil's very comfortable with you. He says, they're not a threat to me. So I don't even have to mess with them. They're just not a threat to me. I want to be a threat to the enemy. 
I want to be a threat to him. I want him to be aware that Jessica, a child of God, is active on the earth today. I want him to be aware that there are sons and daughters of the Most High God that are walking the earth today that are a threat to the kingdom of darkness. I want him to know who we are. I want him to be mad at me. We don't have to be afraid of that. You don't have to be afraid this morning of spiritual warfare. You don't have to be afraid. Just be aware. Just be aware. Be aware of the fact that our victory has already been secured and what Jesus has done for us. There is no striving. There is no, no work that we have to do to secure the victory. Jesus already secured that for us. He secured it on the cross. And this morning in closing, I want us to take communion together. As a sign of the victory, that's already been won. 